Well, we're going to continue on in this series about living by faith. The Lord has just really been, it's, I'm trying to move away to get to another subject, but I just can't do it. And uh, it's real interesting. You know, I always kind of joke around and talk about how I have no problem teaching the same thing and all this stuff. And, and then I, I preach Sunday and I'm mentioning certain scriptures. And then I go Tuesday morning and I'm mentioning the same scriptures. And then now I'm coming Wednesday night and I'll mention some of the same. And I'm like, Lord, come on right? But, but, you know, he wants us to get this. You and I have been created in Christ Jesus to walk by the very faith of God, to live by faith. And to do that, you know, Brother Hagen had this, he wrote, well, a book was written from his series, The ABCs of Faith. And it's so amazing. It's so simple you know, the ABCs of faith. What is faith, right? How it comes and how you release it. That's just, that's how you walk by faith. But here's the deal. You know, you can go study karate forever. You could sit under some of the greatest people who know all about martial arts, or you could sit under the greatest coaches in college basketball and pro basketball. You could become their student. You could have several degrees in something like basketball or, or karate or martial arts or any of this stuff. But there's going to come a day when you have to step out and actually use it, right? I don't know if, if you could remember. I remember that the first bicycle I got, right, um, no training wheels. And I remember, you know, my uncle just kind of showing me how to ride with all his motorcycle buddies. Do you realize, when I was a little kid, do you realize they would put weights on my wrists and on my ankles, and they would have me run because they were going to make me into a super athlete. My, my mom came home. She was a hairstylist. You know, now she's like 20-some years old, fiery though. And you know, he, him and all his biker buddies, they're making me do all this stuff. They come home and, and she, she pulls into our neighborhood in Chicago and parks in front of our house, you know, it's kind of the way neighborhoods are there. And she gets out of the car and she sees me, she sees her little like four-year-old son with weights on him and, and you know, doing all this stuff and she about goes ballistic. You know, threatens my uncle's life, her brother. And I don't know that I ever had that again. But when they taught me how to ride a bike, they told me all about it. But I still remember the traumatic reality of them putting me on this bike and, and running and then letting me go and just wiping out, you know? That's kind of the way faith is. See, some of our brothers and sisters they go to churches and they hear nice little entertaining sermons. Nice little 15, 20-minute, politically correct, with some great leadership quotes and some nice stuff in it. But they never really are taught how to walk by faith. What it is, how it comes. They're just told they're supposed to walk by faith. Supposed to have faith, right? But us, we hear some of this stuff. And I'm telling you, God wants you to walk on this earth just like Jesus walked. He walked by faith. He was led by the Spirit of God. He never was fearful, ever. And his passion was to just do what his Father's will was. And I'm telling you, it's one thing to learn about martial arts, but it's another thing when somebody gets in a ring with you and he's coming at you, that's when you have to learn how to apply this stuff. The Holy Spirit, he not only knows everything about faith, he, he literally, he's the one who took that spiritually dead spirit out of you and is gone forever. He put a brand new spirit in you. How well does he know you? Well, he lives in you. Yep right? And so he has literally taken up residency in you, and he is called 
to lead you and guide you into all the truth. So he will be your personal trainer on how to walk by faith, how to walk by the faith of God right where you're at in your life. I'm telling you, say this, Satan's work in my life is over. I am not moved by what he does. I am moved by what God has done by what God is doing, by what God will continue to do in me, right? I don't have any problem, say this, I don't have any problem, say it again, I don't have any problems because I have faith in God. He's he's our everything, right? You got to tell yourself that. So what the Holy Spirit's doing in this series is he's going to be talking to you specifically that area of your life that you have put up with. If it's financial trouble, you know, you just kind of learn how to just deal with it a little bit, right? And you don't realize you get blind spots if you deal with some of this stuff. If you see poverty and lack is a spirit and it will never stop messing with you until you mess with it. Jesus already stripped it. Now you need to take that authority and break the power of it over your life. Say, get out of my life in Jesus' name. And and now, 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 Father, you teach me how to profit. You lead me in the way that I should go. Everything I have is yours. I understand it's seed time and harvest. So everything I own, I'll do whatever you want. I want you to teach me how to profit. Right? I'll give away my car, and I'll, I'll take the bus. I'll, I'm willing to do anything. I want to know you as my provider, right? I'm not putting up with poverty and lack anymore. I'm not putting up with, he, with, with sickness and disease anymore. You know, right? I'm, I, I'm tired of getting up in the morning, and when I stand up, that pain hits me in the leg or in the back. Or No, I'm done with that. Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain. I'm done dealing with addictions. Nothing has power over me because whoever the Son has made free is free. So it may look like I'm bound, but I'm not. This is just a stronghold in my mind and the anointing doesn't lift it, it destroys it. It'll lift the burden, but destroy the yoke. It'll destroy the lie. So this is why we teach on this. Living by faith. I'm telling you, it'll change the way you... It changes everything. As Pastor Dave was talking about, the key to everything is thanksgiving. It literally puts God in motion for the miraculous. God is able to do, the Bible says exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or even think. So in your situation, I challenge you to believe God. Get alone with him. Spend time with him. Get, take time to get your eyes off of all this junk going on in your life and get your eyes on him. Get to the place where you realize Jesus, you are all I need. And in every situation, if everything is stripped from me tonight, I will begin to increase immediately because my life is tucked away with you in God. I've got a covenant. I've got your word. And you never break your word. I'm telling you, addictions have to go. Right? And when we talk about addictions, people think it's just alcohol, drugs. No, 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 no. Pornography. No, there's a lot of addictions. Some people are addicted to being a failure. Right? They just have this belief, this detrimental thought process. I've lived in this. Every time I've tried to do something, it never works out. I just, it's just, if it can go wrong, it just goes wrong. You're addicted to that detrimental thought process, and I'm telling you tonight, you're really free from it. That the word doesn't cover it up. It's not an antidepressant drug. 
It doesn't cover up a symptom. It pulls that thing out of your mind to where you don't think like that anymore, right? So faith, let's continue in this. You guys ready? So that doesn't count for the sermon tonight. That was just to make sure everybody's awake. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. This is just one scripture. We went through this last week. You guys have probably heard this a couple times, right? But we, it's not enough about, see, it's to walk by faith. You have to walk in revelation knowledge of the word of God. Not the revelation that you gained a half hour ago. Nope, it has to be alive in you now. Because the word is a lamp to your feet and it's a light to your path. God wants to talk to you all the time. Right? Isn't that good news? So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You could read it like this in the Greek. You could translate it. Now faith gives substance to the thing that I'm hoping for. Now hope, as I've said before, that Greek word means a joyous, confident expectation. It's not, it may happen, it may won't, it may not. No, that's not Bible hope. Bible hope is God said it, so it's mine. So now, now faith, is the substance, or it gives substance to the things that I'm expecting. Why am I expecting them? Because God said he gave them to me. Why am I expecting to see healing show up in my body? Because he said he sent his word and healed me. Why am I expecting my financial life to come to a place where I'm in a full and overflowing supply? Full supply is all your needs are met. Overflowing supply is now the overflow is what you, how you increase. You're sowing and you're sowing until you're there. Well, how do you know? The Bible says Christ has redeemed you and I from the curse of the law. Well, when we go back to Deuteronomy 28, the curse of the law includes poverty and lack. So Christ has redeemed me from poverty and lack. Why? Because he was made a curse for me, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. This is Galatians 3.13, right? Why did he do that? So that the blessing of Abraham could come upon me as a Gentile so that I could receive the Spirit through faith. The blessing of Abraham, what is that? The first thing about the blessing of Abraham, if you study it, is the first thing, the first manifestation of it in Abraham's life was God made Abraham rich. He brought him into a full and overflowing supply. So lack is over in my life because I already know God has provided a full and overflowing supply for me. Yeah, but I just don't see any way. I don't have, I don't have the education. I don't have the ability to make that kind of income. Well, time out. We're not talking about income. We're, we're talking about the blessing of God. The Bible says the blessing of God maketh rich. What is the word rich? Full and overflowing supply. But he adds no toil with it. Could you imagine... Well, I'll tell a story about a minister that we have here all the time, Larry Hutton. Many of you guys know him. And you remember, I don't know if you remember the story, but God had him go to an art auction site. And so he goes to this art auction site. He's sitting at a computer, right? He's not an art guy. And then he sees this picture that he says is so ugly he wouldn't hang it in his garage. And the Lord says, I want you to buy that. So he's, he knows the voice of God, so he goes, okay. So he starts bidding on it, and bidding on it, and bidding on it. 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000. He's looking at this picture, but he knows the voice of God. 25, he finds himself, 
He has $25,000, and that's it. And, and he had an opportunity to bid $25,000, and he's like, God told me, 25, and he got it. So he gets this picture, right? He has it, and all this money that he's been saving for other purposes is now gone. But he has this ugly picture. So he's like, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this thing? He goes, put it back on that auction, right? He sold it for $125,000. So in a matter of literally days, few days, he made 100 grand. Now, I don't know how much you make, but most people don't make 100 grand in three days, right? And if you were to say, well, well, how is that even possible? With God, all things are possible. Just because you can't see something doesn't mean God can't bring it to pass. I remember when I was on a business trip, back when I was in the corporate world, I was coming back and I was reading a book on hermeneutics. Some of you have heard me tell this story. And the guy next to me goes, oh, hermeneutics. He goes, man, I studied that in seventh grade. You know, I'm like, and, and, you know, this guy, businessman, you could tell he was very wealthy and a really nice man. And I'm like, wow. I go, dude, where'd you go to school? He goes, I grew up in a Jesuit monastery. He said, I, I never owned anything of my own until I was 18 years old. And he said, when I was two years old, I started playing chess. A monk started teaching me chess. And I think by the time he, I can't remember the age, I think it was five or six years old, he goes, the monk never could beat me again. And he says, I became a world-class chess player. And he goes, I love chess. He goes, you know why? And I'm like, why? I go, I'm thinking this is really cool. And he's super humble. He's not bragging. You know how you can tell when people are bragging. He goes, what I love about chess is you always have another move you could make. Well, I got to tell you, with God, he makes ways where there is no way. He's unlimited. He could give you one idea, right? Back, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth in the early 80s, right? In the early 80s, there was a guy that literally, that you, when you would make a long-distance phone call, for some of you younger people, you're going, what? You, you, you'd pick up, you'd dial a phone, you'd like turn it, or there were maybe some button, right? And then they would ask you, if it was long distance, what carrier do you want? And you'd have to tell them whatever carrier. Well, most of the time, what are you going to say? I don't care. I don't care. Whatever. So this guy had an idea. I'm going to form a long-distance company. I'm going to broker this thing. And I'm going to call my company. I don't care. So everybody in the United States that made a long-distance phone call that said, I don't care, he got it. He was a multimillionaire overnight. I knew a guy played basketball with him, and his friend in college, he was kind of like a Pastor Edwin guy, like a science guy, right? And he messed up this one experiment he was doing, and he created an adhesive that was insanely well and good. Now, we don't have it here in Nebraska because we have these, we have guys like Dan, who's, who's I love because he's believing God for no snow because he's the guy in one of those trucks that are plowing snow. So we don't have this here, but in California, if you're falling asleep at the wheel and you go over the edge, it has little like bumps that are, that are glued to the, to the pavement that are on all the lanes, right? And uh, that, that was the glue. He was, he was well off, right? Because he patented that. Knew another, I didn't know this guy, but I went to his birthday party. He, he loved Ferraris, and he, his birthday cake was literally, it was the size of a Ferrari. And there was a few hundred of us there. Yeah, literally, I mean, it was unbelievable. And his house was big enough to hold that, right? He, they, they made this cake for him. They had this massive party. I mean, it's this massive house. Well, what did he do? Do you know your carpet, like when they lay carpet, they, they lay a strip down that has little nails coming out of it? He invented that. He invented that. 
The Bible says your presses will burst out with new wine. What is that? How many, do we have any vineyard people here? No. But guess what? New wine is like a new idea, new technology. I'm telling you, God has a million ways to get stuff over to you, but don't get into, well, how is this going to happen? How am I going to get out of this financial thing? Because that's what Satan will talk to you about all day. But when you walk by faith, the how thing is his. What's your job? I just believe it. I believe it and speak it. So now faith is the substance or gives substance to the thing I'm expecting. I'm having trouble financially. I don't have enough money to pay my bills. Father, I thank you. I declare in Jesus' name that the blessing of Abraham is upon my life. Right? I declare that you meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory, and it all comes to me by Christ Jesus. So, Father, I call every one of these bills, lift them up. Father, you've got mail, and I call them all paid in Jesus' name. Now, Holy Spirit, you lead me on what I'm to do. And this is what will tilt people. He'll have you go take a job that there's no way that what you make could meet those bills. And most Christians will go, well, that can't be God. Really? Or he will have you sell a bunch of stuff and just sow all the money. Sometimes he might even have you take all the money you have and give it to somebody that you go to church with that is well off. And you're like, well, he doesn't even need this or she doesn't even need... Forget about all that. Sometimes when you get this diagnosis and you're told you need to go rest and lay down, sometimes when you go to rest and lay down, the Holy Spirit goes, get up. Well, people should be up right now. Other times, the next time that happens... The Holy Spirit might tell you, hey, what are you doing up? Go lay down. Rest. You just follow him. He leads you into all the truth. But guys, all things are possible with God. And he delights in fulfilling the desires of your heart. So now faith is the substance, or it gives substance to the thing I'm expecting. It is the evidence, or it is the proof of things not seen, or you could say it this way, it is the proof that I have what I can't see, that I have what I can't perceive with my senses. What's the proof? Faith. Faith is the proof. Well, okay, that's a little vague, so let's keep talking about it. Go to Romans chapter 10. So this is one scripture, Hebrews 11.1, on what faith is. But now we got to know how faith comes. We went over this last week, or last whatever, last couple weeks. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And like I said before, if you're studying the book of Romans, Romans chapter 10 is all about faith and how it comes. So Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So then faith cometh by. It's the Greek word ek. In other words, so then faith cometh out of hearing. The word by is translated in the Greek hearing or out of hearing. Faith comes out of hearing. But now we need to define hearing. And hearing by, that's a different Greek word by, it's the Greek word dia. And hearing originates from or comes through what? The word of God. So you could say it this way. So then faith cometh out of hearing and hearing originates from hearing the anointed word of God. So, how does that, what does that work? What does that look like? So, here I am. I'm in my little faith mobile, right? So, I'm going down the roads of life, and I, and I get God's word. I have, I have sickness in my body. It's getting worse. 
and, and, and you know, it's really messing with me. I'm in pain, whatever. And I read in the Bible, wow, Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6. Surely he's borne my sickness and he's carried my pain. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement or the restraint of my peace was upon him. And with his stripe, really in the Hebrew language it would be, and with his bruise, I am healed. The Holy Spirit's commentary on Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6, is Matthew 8, 17. Right? It says, Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. Psalm 107, 20, he sent his word and he healed me. Galatians 3, 13, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. According to Deuteronomy 28, it includes all sickness and all disease and all pain. Christ has redeemed me. I've been, a price was paid and I was ransomed out of sickness and disease and put in the kingdom of God where there is only divine health. Right? So I, I, I get these scriptures and what do I do with them? I keep saying them over and over and over. And I'm, I, that we call that meditating in the word. I just keep meditating in the word. And the Holy Spirit is down on the inside of me. God's word is getting in my heart and then he will open it up. The Holy Spirit will open it up and what happens, the word of God is full of life and it's full of power. The, the word of God, when he opens it up, the Bible says in Psalm 119, the entrance or that in that Hebrew word means the opening of his word gives light. And all of a sudden, my spirit sees exactly where I am. I'm not the sick, I am the healed, and therefore, this sickness and disease is illegally attacking my body. It has no right because Jesus already bore it. I see right where I'm at, and then it is a, it's a light to my path. It tells me what to do. Now, Tony, you start speaking. Father, I declare, it is written, right? Christ hath redeemed me from the curse of sickness and disease. So now, Satan, you take your hands off my body. I declare that I'm healed in Jesus' name. You take your hands off my body. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I resist you, Satan, and now you have to flee in Jesus' name. Now, body, I speak to you. I command you to amend. And Father, I thank you that it is written that right now with the same power, Romans 8, 11, with the same power that you raised Jesus from the dead with, right now you are healing, restoring the health, and making whole my physical body. I thank you that your healing anointing is working, it's affecting a cure in me, it's driving out all sickness and disease, even things that I might not know about. It is restoring my body to health and strength and a balance. In Jesus' name, I thank you for that. And that, that's how you walk in this. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Hearing is a big thing. It's not just listening to it. It's you're hearing it with a willingness to do it. You're, you're hearing in a way where you have now put the word of God above everything else in your life. I am submitting to this word. This is truth. If it says it, I believe it, right? I'll slap my flesh and I'll slap it 24 hours a day, seven days a week to shut it up because we're only speaking this, right? I'm telling you, you'll come to a place... This is where it'll bring you. It'll, you'll come to a place of complete rest. Amen. That's faith. Where you're for, fully persuaded that what God told you, he will bring to pass in your life. Amen. Right? So let's keep going with this. Let's go to Mark chapter 11. 
So that was kind of the summary for last week. Wow. Yikes. So Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through verse 24, give us, we're going to focus on these verses, give us the most concise teaching right from the mouths of our master, from the mouths of Jesus Christ, about how the faith of God operates. He says to them, have the faith of God. In other words, you could translate it, have the God kind of faith. Have the faith that God has. And then in verse 23, he's going to tell you how the faith of God operates against everything the enemy may bring you in your life. Verse 23 is for everything that Satan is trying to put in your life. This is how you deal with it. It says here, For verily I say unto you, whoever will say to this mountain, it might be a mountain of sickness, it might be a mountain of debt, it might be a mountain of addiction, it might be a mountain of just whatever, right? It doesn't matter who messed it all up. I, right? You got to know that because this is another thing that Satan will do. Well, listen, man, you, listen, you're the one who messed this up. You don't deserve this. Right? I mean, when Satan says that to you, you, you need to go, man, Satan, that's good preaching. You are so right. I don't deserve it. Amen. And guess what? It has nothing to do with deserving it. It's all through faith. It's not based on what I've done. It, it's, I'm, everything is based on what Jesus did, and he didn't mess it. He didn't blow it. So thank you for reiterating that for me. You loser, right? You defeated foe. You pre-Adamic loser, right? How deep is the bottomless pit? Boy, you're about to find out, right? I'll be thinking about you as I'm at the marriage supper of the Lamb in the presence of Almighty God where you used to be and that you'll never be again, right? That's faith. So he says this, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and here's the thing, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass. Here's the principle, you will have what you say. That's a principle, okay? This is how you deal with everything coming against you. You don't pray to God for it, you speak to it. Does that make sense? God, please move the mountain. God's going, I'm ready. Speak to it so that I can move it. That's the way it works, right? So then he goes, therefore, verse 24, therefore, because of this principle of faith, how it works when something comes against you, now he's going to tell you how faith, the faith of God operates to receive what God has already given you. So 23 is to, he tells you how to use the faith of God to get everything out of your life that the enemy's trying to get in your life. Verse 24 is how to receive everything God has already given you, how to lay hold of it and bring it into this realm. Therefore, look at this, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, this word desire, it's a little vague, it's the Greek word aito, it means to call for, to require and to make a demand for. What things soever you call for, require, make a demand for, when you pray, you believe that you receive them and you will have them. That's how you receive everything from God. Now, if you'll notice, verse 23, it literally, let's go back through it. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he believeth. Does it say that? Nope. It says he shall have whatsoever he saith. So in other words, God, the operation of faith, Jesus saw fit to tell you that you're going to have to be, you're going to have to watch what you say three times more than what you're believing. 
So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith gives substance to the things that I'm expecting. My faith is the proof that I have what I can't see. How does faith come? Faith comes, it comes out of hearing, right? And hearing comes through the word of God. So that's how it comes. It comes, it comes from hearing anointed utterance on the inside of you. Where you meditate and meditate, the word opens up, and all of a sudden now God's word is talking to you. Tony, right? I have, I'll open doors that no man can shut. I always give you the victory, right? You rejoice in me. You're the healed. You're above only and not beneath. You're not going to die, but you're going to live and declare the works of the Lord, right? So you hear that anointed utterance, and faith comes but now how do you release your faith through saying you've got to release it could you imagine you you know you've got this machine gun in your hand and somebody's coming at you with a gun shooting and it's in your machine gun is fully loaded and you're sitting there going pow 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 <laughs> would would you be safe no you would have to what pull the trigger. Your tongue is the trigger. It releases your faith so that God can perform it. Does that make sense? You've got to speak. This is so, so very important. So Hebrews chapter 10, go there. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Are you having fun tonight? I hope you're getting some stuff. I'm about ready to explode. I'm spitting all over myself. I'm excited. I'm like, Lord, I wish I was as dynamic as Bill Winston right now. We'd all be yelling and screaming. We'd have to stop. Look at that. I mean, I've even got water, watermarks on my shirt. I'm, you know, the foolishness of preaching. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Wow. That's exactly right. Yeah, there we go. The living water, right? It tells us, let us hold fast, seize hold of the profession or the confession of our faith without wavering, because he is faithful that promised. So not only do I speak, I seize hold of it, and I never shut up. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This is so important. Why? We sang about it the whole night. Because he is faithful, that promise. Because I know as I'm going through life in my situation tomorrow when all my brothers and sisters are not with me and I'm alone or tonight when I'm laying on the bed and Satan comes and starts throwing thoughts about how you're just going to go right back into your situation. No, no, no. You, some of you got to just lay in your bed and yell. No. No. It is written, I am free, I'm not bound, I'm not going under, I'm going over. I'm not, Satan, I'm not trying to get healed, I am the healed, so you take that sickness and get out of my, get out of here with it. I'm not, I am not the failure trying to be successful, no, I'm, a, I'm born of God. I've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness, blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Satan, I am already a success so now all this failure in my life has to bow to who I am in Christ. And I'm not going to let anybody tell me I'm a failure. Right? Now I'm not going to slap them or anything like that. I'm just going to be like, okay, well, hey, nice talking to you. See you later. Don't call me. Right? Those friends that try to, they try to come grab hold of you. Nope, sorry, can't be around you right now. But, but encourage you, watch my life. Because I'm going to get strong enough that I'll probably end up, you're probably my fruit down the road. But not now, because I can't hear that stuff right now. Right? This is how you walk by faith. You hold fast to saying what the word says. This is so important. Hallelujah. So let's talk about this saying really quick. Hallelujah. Go to Numbers 14, 28. Saying, Numbers 14, verse 28. 
This is talking about when the children of Israel, they literally said, we can't have what you said you've given us. We can't go into the promised land. We can't do this. There's just no way. Have you ever been believing God when, when there's just no way? There's no way. Don't believe that preacher. Don't believe, no. Just, you know, go find another church because that's a bunch of nonsense. Right? There's just no way. Look at your life. There's no way it could happen. Have you ever been believing God for something and you run into about 10 people that are going through the same thing and they failed? Yeah, that happens all the time. What does that have to do with what the word says? Nothing. Right? So in Hebrew, in Numbers 14, 28, after this whole thing where they said that they could not have what God said he already gave them, he said this to them. Say unto them, as truly as I live. This would be considered an oracle of God. What is that? That is a never-ending, unchanging law of God. As long as God's alive, this is a law. A spiritual law, just like gravity is a physical law. It'll work for everybody, every time. What did he say? What is the oracle? As you have spoken in my ears so will I do to you. Now, this, this almost feel, this, this looks like on the surface, so will I do to you, that Hebrew verb for it to say that would have to be in the causative sense, tense. But it's not. It's in the permissive tense. It should be translated, as truly as I live, says the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I allow in your life. In other words, God says, listen, this is an oracle of God. I'm sovereign. This will never end. Whatever you say, I have to allow. So if you say your back is killing you, God has to allow that. Is God sovereign? Yeah, he set it up. So what, what does that look like in the New Testament? Mark eleven twenty four, Or I'm sorry, Mark eleven twenty three. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Isn't that amazing? From Numbers to Mark. Well, let's go a little further. Revelation. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen. Wow. Well, let's look at another scripture. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. See, you got to understand where you're living. You are living on a planet that was created by words. You are living in a physical universe that was created by God's words. You're living on a planet. Everything that you can see was made by things you can't see, God's words. You live on a planet that it's governed by words. That's why God says this. So in Proverbs 18, in verse 20 and verse 21, it says this. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Your belly will be satisfied. Notice, you know, your belly is satisfied with natural things. So that's telling me that the natural things that God will bring into your life to satisfy you will come from what you say. So if you say, he meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory. That my cup, according to Psalm 23, is not full. He anoints my head with oil, therefore my cup runs over. If you say that, guess what? He will allow that. He will actually go to work on that one. Right? But you got to speak. Let's keep going. With the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Can you fill your business? Can you fill, here's a good one, 
Can you fill your marriage if your lips are not speaking increase? Jeanette, I love you, right? I am so blessed to be your husband. God has brought you into my life, and we are a team, and man, you're an amazing woman. Increase. The in, with the increase of your lips, your marriage will be filled. With your kids. Now that could be a challenge. Because have, have your kids ever done something that makes you want to, I brought you into this world, I could, right? And I can take you, no? Right? Just always remember, you have a father too, God. And you're really glad that he doesn't think like that. If he thought like that, I would have been gone a long time ago. Just poof. Oh, pastor. He doesn't have to get over himself anymore. He's done, right? Nope, he's the God of all mercy. How, how do you fill your parenting with your children, your, those relationships, with the increase of your lips? How are you going to walk in the success in whatever endeavor? See, all of you are full-time ministers. You know that, right? You're full-time ministers. You're just disguised as different things right? Let's say you're at home, you're a housewife, and, and you have, that, that definition of full-time is way beyond anything you can do. It's all the time, right? And, and, but you're really a minister of the gospel disguised as a housewife, and, and how, you, how you walk out that raising your kids and taking care of this guy that sometimes is a little high maintenance, you know, and I'll just talk about myself, right? And all this stuff, that's to be a form of worship. Or whatever you do for work. Right? Your identity is not in what you do. Your identity is not in how much, how much money you make doing it. Because you could be just as blessed being, you know, this multi, like in, in the whole financial industry, just succeeding and all this stuff. You could be just as blessed working at McDonald's, right? Working, working for minimum wage. Why? Because your income is not to produce your lifestyle. Your income is to produce seed. And the harvest from the seed is to produce your lifestyle. Who's the biggest giver in our church? We could never know that. Because God doesn't look at the amount. He's looking at the percentage and the heart. The woman, I mean, think about Jesus. Could you imagine? Jesus goes into the temple and he walks up to the offering box and he's watching people put it in. Could you imagine if I did that? I'd be like, hey, so, what, show, show me. Okay, do it. Okay, all right, can, show me how much you're giving. And then I'm going to go preach about it. Then I walk over here and go, oh, you know, hey, hey, this guy right here, he gave everything. He's the biggest giver today. Does that right? Congratulations, right? <laughs> that could be a good choice because these two, wow. They live to give, right? So, so literally, yeah, watch their life. I'll say it. Just watch their life. If the Lord tarries, which he's probably not going to tarry very long, you're going to see him increase because they can't not. Because their mouth is in gear, right? Look at this. With the increase of his lips, he'll be filled. Now look at why. Because this is why, verse 21, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Your tongue has the power of death or life in it. And it says, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now this, the key word here is power. It literally means power. It, it's a, there's a power. But the, the majority of the definition of this word literally means direction. This Hebrew word literally, you could read it like this. Death and life are in the direction that you point your tongue. And then with Hebrew words, it gives you a picture of a Hebrew word. And the Hebrew word for power is hand. So in other words, your tongue will hand you death or your tongue could hand you life. 
Because your tongue is the steering wheel of your life. So if you're in a rough area, guess what? Jesus, take the wheel, right? Right? Wasn't that a song? Now, if you want to ever get Pastor Dave to laugh, go on YouTube and read the knockoff song, right? Cletus, take the wheel, or, or reel, the reel, yeah. But literally, life and death is based on what you say. So are you in lack? Why don't you hand yourself abundance? If, you're, if you have sickness attacking your body, why don't you start handing yourself health? That this, do you realize that this scripture is not subject to debate or change? Do you know people make fun now, I haven't heard it as much, and people are, people are starting to run to this stuff now. We used to be, oh, you're part of that. Name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, confess it, and possess it group. All you want to talk about is faith. You're not? Because faith is how you got saved. It's how you please God. It's how you live. It's how you walk. Show me some scriptures that don't have anything to do with faith. The whole Old Testament. Come on Sunday. We're talking about the blood covenant. The whole Old Testament points to Jesus. Jesus walks by faith. We walk by faith, right? If we say we're his, we should walk like he walks. That's what the Bible says. So this is powerful. Look at Proverbs chapter 6. You're in Proverbs 18. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. The word of God tells us, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You're taken by the words of your mouth. How important. What am I saying? Am I saying you can change your whole life if you would just change your speech? Yes, 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 I'm saying that physically, but who's really saying that is God. It's all over the book. Jesus said, listen, I watch over my word to perform it. So when you speak it, how does he, how does he see his word? Because it's coming out of your mouth. We got to just give him some things to perform, Right? I still remember, I'm in the Tijuana prison in the early 80s, and I meet this Hispanic, he's the pastor of the church there. Man, this guy dripped with the love of God. He was in there for life. No possibility of parole. He killed eight people, right? He was in a gang, grew up very rough. I mean, he was telling me through an interpreter who he was, and I'm like, well, brother, that's not who you are anymore. He's like, yep, I'm brand new. I'm a new creature, right? And he told me, he goes, he goes, Tony, God's getting me out of here. I'm like, really? I thought, I thought my guy told me you don't have any possibility of parole. He goes, as far as the world is, absolutely, no way. There's no possibility. I will never go before a parole board. That's what they say. But God told me the other night, he's getting me out. And he goes, and he's like, and when I get out, I go, well, what are you going to do when you get out? He goes, man, he goes, I'm going to help people. He goes, I'm going to help people to keep them from coming in here. And I'm, I'm going to help people to get out to help get their lives restored. He already had his ministry. He already had, there was about 120 Christians in there. Right? Uh, the Tijuana prison back then was a little crazy. I mean, kids and family would live there. Uh, and then they would, they would leave and, and, you know, the guy couldn't leave. Unless you were a Colombian drug lord. I walk in this prison, and right in the middle of the prison is this house. And I'm like, what? what's that? Oh, that's a Colombian drug lord. He, he kind of gets whatever he wants. A little bit corrupt. Maybe it's cleaned up now, right? But, you know, this guy's like, yeah. And guess what? He was pardoned by the president of Mexico. Why? I mean, there's a Rhema minister. I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. He, he's wanted to come here. I've, I've seen him a couple times. And uh, Randy, 
Greer, yeah. Well, he was a drug dealer, and didn't he kill a Texas state patrolman or something? Or something like that. And he was in prison forever with no possibility of parole, and he was pardoned. He'll preach, and he says, yeah, and he's been out for decades now. He's going, yeah, my, my record's cleaner than most of you guys. How did that happen? But God. God can do anything. Proverbs chapter 21. Let's finish this up a little bit. You know, guys, you're, you're just, um, I'm going to blame you because I have a lot more notes here. You're just going to have to come back next Wednesday, okay? Proverbs 21. <laughs> I can't guarantee you we're going to teach on this. I wish I could, but it'll be, it'll be, it'll be right. It'll be whatever he wants. But Proverbs 21, verse 23, look at this. Whoso keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Whoever keeps his tongue or his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul, his mind, his will, and his emotions keeps his soul, this word, it's, it's either from, you could translate it out of, or away from trouble. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from, out of, or away from trouble. The word trouble in the Hebrew language is the word yad, Y-A-D. It's a feminine noun. Forget that. I was looking at the wrong scripture. I'm like, that's not right. I'm, I'm in another scripture. Forget that. No, this Hebrew word troubles means tightness. It means tightness. It gives you the picture of a person that's being pressed. Have you ever been pressed? Sickness and disease can press you. Poverty and lack can press you. Addictions can press you. Right? Abuse can, can, all these things can press you. This word troubles also means affliction. It means anguish. This Hebrew word is referring to a time of extreme discomfort. Your mouth and your tongue can keep you away from extreme discomfort. See, God is a deliverer from affliction, anguish, extreme discomfort. You're not, where you're at today is not where you're going to be. You're coming out. Say that, I'm coming out. Right? If you're not going through something right now, just say, thank God I'm out. But a storm's, a storm's probably going to come. And guess what? You're going to overcome it. Psalm 39.1 says this, Psalm 39.1, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Right? Well, how often is the wicked before you? Always. You're, you're, you're living in the valley of the shadow of death. You walk in the armor of God so that you can stand against principalities and powers. Rulers of the darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness. Right? In high places. All of which are way, way, way under your feet. Because Jesus stripped them. Your mouth, your mouth. I'm going to take heed to my ways. See, see, I take heed to what I'm doing, my behavior, because my behavior comes from my mouth. Because your mouth is your steering wheel. Remember that. So if you have, if you have ways, if you look, I'm taking heed to my ways, what is my behavior like? Christians are flocking to churches that will tell them you could live any way you want and you could have all of God too, right? And that's so dangerous because they're going to live 
they're going to live in defeat their whole life. They won't know what to do when the enemy comes, right? But when you know who God is, that he's for you, that his mercy endures forever, that he is good and that he loves you and your behavior will never, ever, ever change the way he loves you, it causes you to change your behavior. Well, how do you do that? I take heed to my ways, right? I take heed to my ways because... My tongue, I got to bridle it so it doesn't hand me nonsense, right? Have you, ever, have you ever had your tongue hand you things? Yeah, that you don't want, right? I'm telling you guys, this is how we live by faith. And we, remember 2 Corinthians 4.13, we having the same spirit of faith, right? We what? We believe, it starts out by saying, go ahead and put that up there, 2 Corinthians 4.13. Let's put that up there. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Right? That's great. Look at this. I believed. Is that past tense, present tense, or future tense? I believed. At some point in time, it's past tense, right? I believed and therefore have I spoken. But it's not, a, it's not just enough to get in faith. You've got to walk by faith. Now you've got to jump into this class of not being alone. We also believe and we also speak. So when I walk and live by faith, I am surrounded by people that God has brought in my life that are walking and living by faith. Because that we will help each other speak the right things. Now we're not the confession police, Right? We've all, have you ever been to a Word of Faith church that has a confession police? Everybody's always correcting everybody. To that, brother, work out your own salvation, right? No, 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 no. No, we need to minister grace to each other. So I'm going to minister grace. This is what God's speaking to me about. This is what God is talking to me about, and this is what's happened. And as Jeanette hears that, she's like, wow, that's awesome. It empowers her. And then we start empowering each other right? Our words are always kind and uplifting to one another instead of let's get all spiritual. And you get that look. You know, God's been talking to me about you, Courtney. Uh -oh. And you know the look, right? The look is, oh, here it comes. <laughs> and it's usually something negative. I talked to a lady one time for 20 years. Her life was a disaster. You know why? Because her pastor, 20 years earlier, gave her a word from God. You know, the Lord's been speaking to me about you. That Satan is going to sift you like wheat. And she was crying in front of me going, and, he's been, and Satan's been sifting me for 20 years. And I'm like, man, that's not a word from God. Did Jesus say that to Peter? Yes. That was an instance. But prophecy should build you up and edify you. It, doesn't, it shouldn't tear you down. Right? God, if, here's a statement be real careful of. God told me, Mike, God told me you need to do this. Yikes. Now, if you trust me, maybe put that on the shelf. Maybe I would probably lean towards not. Right? Because, see, I'm Mike's pastor. And Mike, Mike, Mike gets equipped by the gifts inside of me. But if God wants to talk to him about something he should do, he will talk to him. He might confirm it through me. Mike, the Lord's been talking to me about you. And, and he's saying this. Now, if that bears witness with your heart, grab it. But if it doesn't, throw that out. Right? So we got to be careful. How do we, how do we know? Listen. You have been made to know the voice of God. Just follow him. And here, let me just close with this. Here's the cool thing. Now, this, this statement comes from my experience. Okay? I've been walking with the Lord a few years. Man, I have messed up. I have been in the wrong place. I've got off the path. But I ended up right back exactly 
where I was supposed to be, and this is the reason why I just kept running to him. In other words, keep your heart right, and he will get you where you need to be. Oh, you might, don't, don't do what I did. You don't need to go around that mountain several times. Just jump in, because he won't ever hurt you. But if you go around that mountain, it's not too late. You just keep pressing into him. He will get you in the right place because he loves you. Remember, put all the pressure on the word of God, not on you. Amen. I hope.